0: Wow, my goodness, this is our, what, fourth episode, my goodness, wow. Um, good evening everyone, this is Lady Sussex, we have another episode for you guys. Um, before we get started, I'd like to thank everyone who has uh, downloaded the last episode, which was very, very emotional uh, for me and um, I wanted to thank everyone. I think we need to continue that conversation. I think it is really an important conversation to have. Um, So I look forward to continue that. So please subscribe, please let me know what you think. Um, I would love to hear what you guys have to say and sort of being a part of the journey with me. And um, let's continue that conversation. And tonight episode, I think we are gonna touch some of the stuff we talked in the last episode. Um, but mainly, I think um, tonight, I would like to talk about um, reinstating um, Harry security, because I think he's very, very important as we started hearing from a lot of the vets. And um, I think they make a good argument. And we also would like to talk, obviously, the response <laughs> so-called response from Harry's brother of course and you know who I'm talking about um, we would like to touch and you guys know the one in the only one the biggest bully in the world Pierce Morgan and yes we are going to talk about Sharon husband of course Why should we and um, yeah, I have some amazing guests here, still Charles, George, and another wonderful, great guest we have here. Um, it's Catherine, and you guys will soon um, hear from her. Um, I think it was important to have another woman here and sort of we can have like a different perspective uh, from everything that's been going on. So. Let's get the show started. Hi Charles, hi um George and of course our special guest Catherine. How are you Catherine? Hi, doing very well.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. It's good to have you here. Um the way I would like to start first, let's start by the answer that uh, Harry's brother um, gave that you know the royal family is not racist. What did you guys make of that answer?
2: Well, I'll, I'll jump in. I think the the first thing that struck me about it was not even getting to what he said, but just how he said it, and just not even slowing down or or turning around to uh, to face the um, the person who asked the question when he gave the answer. I think says a lot about. Uh, how important it is to him, or or not important for that matter.
3: Yeah, I mean, I myself, I think that, um, you know, I agree with George that obviously is, you know, he didn't even break stride as he was actually answering the question to the poor journalist. But at the same point, um, you know, it goes back to what the Queen had mentioned in um, in her first statement about it, saying that it's going to be within the family. So what that means is that they're not going to tell anybody like they're going to just keep it to themselves and they're going to try and work it out quote unquote so um, you know I think that it's something that they're trying to dismiss as much as possible uh, because they know that it's um, you know it's a hot topic and so they're just trying their best to kind of sweep it under the rug as usual
0: Catherine
3: what did you think?
4: I think she probably believes that statement even though it's an inaccurate statement, most likely. I think there are a lot of people who, because they don't use the slurs that you would assume with racism, and because their actions aren't overt, that to Charles's point, they can dismiss the idea that they are racist when, if they really took a look, at themselves in the mirror I think that the truth would would be disturbing for them to admit
0: absolutely I agree with you I actually think that you know uh, I mean what were you going to say that you know his family is racist
1: <laughs> so.
2: Well, but, but at the same point, though, right, if they have any self-awareness whatsoever about what's going on, the amount of coverage, clearly it's, it's an issue that's blown up across the, the globe, really. They have some self-awareness to say it's worth taking a more measured and deliberate and uh, outspoken approach to answering that sort of question. Like, even, even if you're not going to go and, and, and address the, the the matter in public like they said they're going to do, they're going to do it in private as a family in terms of resolving the issue. Even if that's the case, that doesn't mean that you can't be more authoritative and, and, and deliberate in what you then say in terms of your response on race more generally. Like, there's, there's room to actually make well, progress I don't even understand that. Because, I mean, even the them. first
0: time they sort of really, actually, I think um, they were going to introduce um, Megan... You know, they had like a huge party for the family. I think it was right before the wedding. The Duchess of Kent, I believe. I'm not sure. I think it was the Duchess of Kent. She showed up with this sort of brooch that was certainly the meetings Mm -hmm. of that brooch. Mm -hmm. It's very racist. And everyone had talked about that. And I believe she had to apologize. So, I mean, when you think about the royal family, this is like a sort of a kingdom, sort of built on colonialism and just racism. So to say that, you know what, the family is not, come on. I mean, I know he was never going to say that they are, but we all knew, you know, very different.
2: Well, yeah, I think that, that's kind of my point, is it, it would be an opportunity right now to come and say exactly that like our history and and there are have been aspects that have been racist but we have we are we are move actively trying to move into the a more progressive way of thinking like it's a it's a space to actually go and say that and it just it just seems like again another missed opportunity in terms of well, when how you they, look uh, at the point she wants was position like, sort of i
0: mean even though she's saying something to the effect that you know I mean, there is a different recognition of um, what was saying. But at the end of the day, I don't think she's denying something did say. So for them to sort of now just want to deal it, you know, as a family, which I somewhat understand. I get it. But it's already in the public. And the Queen is overseeing about 62 countries. And they're going to want to hear it. An so They're going to want to hear, sort of, you know, who's ruling them. You know what I mean? And so, especially for Charles, because if he was not exempt from, I mean, obviously, I think Harry said it wasn't the queen. <laughs> it wasn't um, the queen's husband. But he didn't say it wasn't his father. And he didn't say it wasn't his brother. So, and they are the next in line. So... They're going to have to answer. They're going to have to say something. I don't think sort of just saying that, you know what, okay, we're going to deal with it as a family, going to cut it up. I think they're going to need to publicly say something and deal with something. So what do you guys think?
3: I think you're right, but I don't think they will. I think they will have to be forced to, like quite literally forced to. Um, So I think they're going to play a waiting game. I think they're just going to see it, sit and see how long it's going to stew around in the public. And then if, you know, as we learned about just the other day, that, um, you know, how the, the tail wags the dog. Right. So basically they're they're at the bequest of the press and they have to kind of make the press, um, you know, kind of feel good. And then it's kind of very much a a, uh, a give and take thing just that's because they're um, they're really the ones who kind of publicize and make the, the royalty and the kind of the, the monarchy relevant. So as long as that kind of dies down, so if in the press this whole thing kind of dies down, then I think that um, they'll be more than happy to let it go and not to say a word. I think it's going to be up to us and and people with like minds to kind of keep this in the public uh, domain and then make sure that we kind of keep pressure on them because if we don't, they're certainly just not going to do a thing.
0: Yeah, I hear you. To your point, I think in the past they probably would get away with it. I think it's one of those things that that's going to really damage them and they're going to feel it. Because I believe they took a poll, 42% the young folks, which they need, I mean, the monarchy in order to survive, you're going to have to have these young folks, you know, sort of being able to be a part of it. And the way they are seeing the monarchy, it's sort of like, you know, it's out of touch. And so... I don't think they're going to be able to get away with it.
2: Well, I think there's been a number of... I've heard a number of commentators say that this sort of... The interview with Harry and Meghan has put the... Potentially triggered the end of the monarchy. And I don't think that that's an overstatement, but I don't think it's because of the interview. I think it's because it's now put the monarchy in a position where it has to have a reckoning. It has to actually meaningfully address... Um, the issues at hand, and it uh, it does seem like if they don't, if they don't do uh, what needs to be done, uh, knowing that some things are going to always be just between the family. But if they don't come out and, and address it in a public way in a meaningful way, that's just going to um, potentially lead to the end of the monarchy. Right.
4: So, Kat, Cap- go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, and and I was just thinking. It- You would think that they would know by now that something should be said. I mean, how many times throughout Queen Elizabeth's reign has some sort of scandal happened and she has not said something or Prince Charles has not said something? And you think surely someone should be telling them how to handle this. And here we are, and again, it's the same situation, and nothing's being said, and so who's around them? Um, how long have they known that this would likely be something that they needed to have a united front on? And it, none of this should have been a surprise to anyone, but... For a family who lives and dies by the tabloids, you would think that there would have been some sort of game plan <laughs> that they clearly didn't think about. And, and that sort of that, that takes me back to where I think whatever will statement is, however uh, inadequate it was, that it just has not occurred to them. That they may they may be in a bubble even more than they think they are, and even in Harry's interview, he admits that himself. And so it just it it's not a surprise, but it's disappointing to know that they weren't prepared and. The people around them do you th- do you think that there wasn't people prepared. or they never thought and that
0: you know what megan or harry will go that far i think that i think they because i mean come on now you know remember um megan saying that you know i mean she have email she got receipt do you understand what i mean? I just don't think they believe that, you know, they Mm -hmm. knew that they were going to talk, they were going to say things because now they don't have the control. They use one's app Mm -hmm. sort of to know what they're going to say, what they're going to do and stuff like that. And there's no leaking. There's no one is leaking to them. So I don't think they believe that they were going that far Mm -hmm. because, I mean, even us, the Sussex squad or the people that, you know, who sort of, you know, fan of Harry and Meghan. And um, even in the, the, the reporters here in the state, you know, all of them saying, yeah, they are probably going to talk and talk about, you know, sort of the new adventure with Archwell and stuff like that. They may touch, you know, sort of talk about the press. No one was waiting for how deep, you know, sort of how far they went especially when it comes to the whole race thing sort of you know the color thing who says what what's bothering me because everyone tried to sort of change the subject saying well you know you know very often people sort of will talk about kids color you know what color is it going to be or what color you think that was not what Megan said the word Megan used was that what was the word she used guys concern concern to me that's a completely very different thing especially after they're saying that you know what the kid was not going to be protected do you understand what I mean mm-hmm. what, what is so concerning about it it's not like oh I wonder what your kid's gonna look like I mean they probably a little bit sort of you know not sensitive but once you start saying concern what are you concerned that kids not going to blend with you guys and what I, please tell me guys
3: what do you think no I mean the thing that really how do you yeah, see the it? thing that really just clarified it for me is you know every, what everyone wants to talk about is the fact you know oh what the context was tell, please tell me what the context is that's what it all matters you know if it was in a, in a jovial way or in a very familial way then perhaps you know they were talking about it and didn't really matter as much not that the people who say that have any right because they've never been a part of those conversations, and certainly no one's ever said that about their child. But the thing that just sticks out to me most is the fact that the context that the only context cue that you need is the fact that they brought it up during the middle of these interviews. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, they didn't get into this interview with Oprah lightly, and it clearly struck a, a large enough chord for it to stick around as long as it has. So I think that's all you need to to know about the context. Clearly it made them uncomfortable. Clearly, as you mentioned, you know, th- they're concerned. It wasn't like, oh I wonder, or I bet. It wasn't anything that they're trying to, you know, that it was that they were trying to just have a nice conversation or just even feign interest. It was clearly it was a very deliberative thing. And um, I don't think they would have brought it up otherwise.
2: Well it's also it's that and it's also that it's the sum the interpretation of it needs to take into account all of the rest of the circumstance right it's not like the rest of the treatment was phenomenal or business as usual or anything it's this is in addition to the fact that they were not only saying that his child wasn't going to have security his wife wasn't going to have security but they're also going to take it away from him so it's like when you look at all of all of that together it's it's hard to imagine that it wasn't or it's hard to imagine that it was something some nonchalant familial jovial thing that didn't really matter.
0: Catherine, you are mother, obviously, you're a mother of two beautiful girls. And obviously sort of, you know, I mean, think of like you're pregnant and then your husband family would come to you and sort of said, I wonder, you know, you know, I have concern what your child's going to look like. How would you how would you think that? How would you feel?
4: Well I would be Extremely offended and angry and I will tell you when that as surprised and shocked as Oprah was, I was actually surprised at how surprised Oprah was that that was something that had come out that, that statement and that thought did not surprise me at all that it had come out um, and it may have been shocking to hear those words but I I would have been assuming it would come from somewhere and maybe they're more maybe they were more surprised as to who said it whoever that person was maybe the closeness to them was what was more shocking than the statement but it, it did not surprise me at all that that would come out and that that was a thought that someone had just the insensitivity to to think but then to then say out loud to the father of the child um and i am sure whoever said that could at the same time honestly believe that they are not a racist i can see that same thought right both of those thoughts coming from the same mind. absolutely Absolutely.
0: So where do we go from here? Because for me, I think that, you know, they're going to have to make amends. They're going to have to do something because I don't think just sort of, you know, not bringing Harry and Meghan or final a way to bring them into fall and deal with them i don't the public is not because it's almost like the cat is out of the bag now so i don't think just kind of like you know not saying anything at all or not try to work with them in some aspect going Mm -hmm. to work out because they're going to be big they're going to be huge and there's always going to have that kind of competition because the whole problems with the royal is this is like you know sort of megan did not know her place or harry did not know her place as they sort of you know really articulate they like you know it happened during the tour of australia which is the same thing that happened with um his father mm-hmm. and his mother because no one thought that you know the public was going to just you know adore her you know his mother like they did and it's the same thing that happened with him and 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 megan and that never happened to um Kate, you know, and the ball man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that you know, the whole idea of sort of, you know, um, you don't know your place, and you sort of, you know, need to take a back seat. Um, I don't, th- I don't think they know what they, you know, they, they wasn't prepared in a way that you know the the, the public was gonna embrace, you know, Megan um, like they did, even though. You know, right in the beginning, they were talking about she's straight out of Compton, um, that her mother is, has dreadlocks and sort of from the other side of the tracks. Um, there was a lot of horrible things mm-hmm. that were saying. And yet, sort of, people feel like they can identify. People feel like, you know, sort of, she was the new thing. And she was sort of, people see themselves. And so I don't think they were prepared and ready for that. And so... For me, now, as we're moving forward, I think with everything that's been happening, they're going to have to find a way to work with them. Because they, you know, like the queen said, let's let's deal with this as a family. But they tried to do that. Mm-hmm. Before they come public, they were trying to sort of, you know, see how can we work this? And then no one was listening. No one wanted to listen. And in fact, it's almost like they were punishing them. By removing their security, sort of, you know, um, their plan was not to come into the state. Their plan, they wanted to stay in the Commonwealth somewhere, perhaps maybe Canada. And then they just leaked their Mm -hmm. location. And so they had to rent out. Mm -hmm. So, right now, I think it is important for the monarchy, especially the queen, to find a way to work with Meghan and her what do you
2: guys think well it it brings to mind the the age-old saying which is that uh, they do need to do something but it's that uh, actions speak louder than words like at this point (laughs) you could see it william himself said it he said we're not racist it's like okay well then show us then what are you (coughs) gonna actually do what are you gonna what are you gonna what are you gonna put behind those words to to prove that um I mean, the security seems like an an obvious place to start.
0: Especially now, having you know, sort of, you know, all the vet. I mean, you know, um, James O'Brien, which you know, sort of this guy I I really love. He had a podcast, and I hope you guys are able to check them. And sort of, he had a vet on, and he really articulated exactly what everyone's been thinking. I mean, he was, you know, sort of born with the rest. I mean, he was not asked to be born with that kind of risk off his back and he served you know twice in Iraq I believe and so Afghanistan where did he serve uh, Harry? yeah right and so I mean he he's still sort of in danger you know and I don't think removing his security you know was the right thing to do I mean of course I'm sure it's probably a lot of it also besides being punishing him probably it was because mm-hmm. of the press sort of you know um Constantly, you know, targeting them, you know, remove it, remove it, remove it. And then so being pressured and they probably feel like they had to do that. But um, something going to need to be done because anything that will happen to Megan, Harry or their child, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's not going to be something like Diana where sort of, you know, during mm-hmm. Diana you know, sort of people was quite upset, they were quite angry. I think it will be something very different, especially after everyone out here, that kind of interview.
4: I think it's interesting is I think, you know, if you think about the double standard that they have where Prince Andrew has been in the scandal that he is in, that, I mean, honestly, to put him in prison <laughs> and it's sort of okay, yes, he's a very bad boy, we'll we'll deal with him, but he's still fine. Like, he's, he's a royal. Seems like he shouldn't be stripped of all kinds of things uh, being associated with what Absolutely. he's associated with. And so I see there's a glaring double standard, but I also think as much as the queen should say something... It's William, who I think is is the most disappointing and the one that could make or break this. I mean, he's the future. He's the one that dealt with his brother's death alongside Harry. He knows what that is like. He knows how his mother was hounded. And to have seen and there's so much that's just for show that you have no idea i don't know what their real relationship was like uh maybe it's not ever been as tight as it looked like it had been over the years but to hear that they haven't spoken in so long and then for him to and maybe he wasn't prepared which he should be he's about to be king one day. He should be prepared at all times. His whole life has been trying to prepare him for these types of situations. Um, I It's on his shoulders, in my opinion. Whatever the future of the monarchy looks like, it's up to him. And if this was the first test, he did not fare very well. And Absolutely. to your point, I think whatever happened from like... The Court of Public Opinion, I think Sherry and Megan, hopefully they can withstand the backlash that's been created and the the falsehoods that have been thrown out to defend. Um, Because it's just so... It just seems so uh, Hail Mary-ish of the tabloids and of the royal family.
0: The, the, the I agree with you. I mean and also too, I mean all these things the tabloid been going after this girl. Mm-hmm. When you hear the arguments mm-hmm there's really there's not a specific thing that they can say the girls she's actually have done mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i mean they blame her for avocado they blame her sort of for all everything that you know everyone has been mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean you know one of the things that you know according to the media that stood the whole thing was about them taking private airplanes and you know but that is something the same thing Charles has done and everyone else is doing I mean come on let's talk about the fact that you know um Harry's brother I call him his brother because I refuse to call him by his name because I'm so disappointed about him is that, you know, sort of, you know, like, right after the plane situation, the private plane situation, they pretending as if, like, they was going to get, like, you know, one of those big, boring, sort of, you know, um, public planes. You know, that, like, as though they were going to be with, um, sort of, you know, everyone in the plane. And actually, the plane was quite empty. Empty. Mm-hmm. So, really, <laughs> it was like, they all doing mm-hmm. it. And so what my, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. issues is, is like, you know what, as, you know, Harry said, is, is that, you know, you have 70, I think, um, some, I mean, what many people that, you know, from the parliament that come out and defending them, nobody in the member in the family ever say anything to actually defend them. And that hurt because, I mean, they come out and sort of defending, you know, Catherine about, and Kate about sort of, um you know, Botox, you know, hair extensions, all that nonsense thing. But yet they could not defend, you know, Meghan Markle, especially when they knew that, you know what, it was Kate who actually, you know, make her cry. It wasn't even her. Turn this understand? And, mm-hmm. and they knew mm-hmm. that. And they left the story, yeah. you know, face itself. Again, is this thing that, you know, sort of, you know okay the black girl you know make the white girl cry you know what i mean that just kind of weaponized the tears you know and it's something similar to what um sharon heisborne had done which we're going to get into a little bit later it's always that you know what oh my god i'm so vulnerable i'm so cry oh my god i dare she make kate cry and stuff like that and so she becomes the villain you know i i mean it's mm-hmm. like what are you what are you guys doing why what why do they get out of it i mean this is your family mm-hmm. the queen claimed that you know what they are a much love family how, how do you much love and you will not stand for me you're not defending me and then another thing that you know what i'm so mad and pissed off when you hear, oh my God, the queen is 93 years old. The queen is 93 years old and her husband is in a hospital. But the queen is a head of state. If she is that frail, Mm -hmm. she's 93 years old, she still can't handle things like that, then why is she the head of state? Because if you are the head of state, i think that you know you have to be ready and prepare for anything and the idea that you're telling us that she's 93 so we can empathize or we can feel sorry as if like you know sort of we are mistreated or 93 year old grandmother you know this is a woman that was a head of state
2: yeah, it's like if you're not capable of yeah. taking care of your family, then how are you going to be exactly. taking care of a country? So they
0: quickly to tell you that, you know, oh, she's not with me, my God, I cannot believe that. And also, you know, they don't want that to stop that. How much do you care for the queen when you're sitting now and daily trashing her family? Doesn't that hurt her?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So please tell me, I mean... What do you get, what do you get, what are your thoughts?
3: No, I mean, I think just at the end of the day is just more transparency, right? I think it's pretty obvious in terms of why they're doing it, what they're doing it for and even for the queen you know, herself. I mean, obviously what they're interested in is above and beyond anything else, any one person outside of the monarch herself is to protect the institution. Like that's it, that rules everything. Um, and then afterwards, I think they were using, you know, Megan, honestly, as a foil. So they could maintain interest and, you know, and they thought that it would actually play well. And I don't think that they really thought things through. I think that, um, you know, I think there was white privilege that was, you know, they thought that it would carry the day. And, um, you know, being a part of this bubble, I thought they could probably get away with it, you know their mindset probably hasn't changed back from the day and you know if you ask the queen you ask philip and you ask you know charles priscilla and anybody else they'll probably be like oh yeah it'll be fine whatever totally do that we'll absolutely get away with it she'll be a great person that we can kind of you know um set ourselves against and and play off of and they just didn't expect the um you know because i mean in a sense they did the same thing to diane right diana So I thought they could just basically just get away with the exact same Mm -hmm. playbook and say, okay, well, that worked. So let's just do it again. Um, Not realizing that uh, the repercussions that it would have. And then also um, the fact that that, you know, it was no longer just doing it to a woman, which, you know, the misogyny there is evident, but also they're doing it to a black woman. And all the undertones that that actually means, and then how that's now being reflected against their entire society. And especially because the Commonwealth is so, you know, there's so many African, you know, there's so many, you know, black and dark skinned persons involved in the Commonwealth. So um, they just didn't see how that would basically transpire and kind of affect everyone else. So... I mean, at the end of the day they're going to have to they're going to have to face the facts and they're going to have to try and figure out a way to kind of dig themselves out of this hole.
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: Um Catherine, I, I mean Yeah, they can't answer I was just thinking they they can't respond the same way that they, they've responded right. with everything, with every crisis they face. It's it's this similar Delayed response, and let's hope people forget soon enough. And I think that I think they understand uh, that this isn't going to go away in the same way. And maybe it would have if they did give them security and they did let them stay in Canada and they didn't push them out. And maybe they didn't realize who who they were dealing with. Um maybe they thought they'd land on their faces when really there are there are friends in high places that they have that aren't royalty that understand what they're dealing with. And so I, I think I think the support that they're well, getting is probably not what they were expecting. Um if you think about Edward and Wallace Simpson and their exile. Like you know, they still had their little social circles, right. and they were exiled. And it's not the same here. Like, <laughs> welcome home is the way that I, I feel like they are here, and um, and we don't is understanding how. Horrific! The tabloids in Britain are, and just knowing how I, I heard an interview that Hugh Grant had not long ago on NPR just about how they they um, broke into his home and like, ransacked his home to find things, but just there they will do anything to get some sort of a juicy story which just boggles my mind that that's allowed this day and age like, it, I just think you know their playbook needs to be thrown out because whatever it is that they keep going back Absolutely. to and going back to is not going to work Absolutely.
1: in the way well, that they're hoping
0: oh my god our shock Mr. Pierce Morgan has exited good morning Britain Good morning, Britain. Finally, have a good morning. So, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? I mean, the biggest bully in the world could not handle a criticism about himself. I could not believe it.
4: I think Piers Morgan is a horrible
1: person.
3: To say. <laughs> yeah I don't think I, I don't think yeah I don't think you're alone in that criticism exactly. I would have to say I completely agree with you I think he is abominable <laughs> um, and then you know we all knew that he had thin skin right I mean he reacts off of everything and you know it's all about him and me 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 and anytime that it's not him or any anytime that anyone steals the attention it's always you know he always throws a fuss but um, I think he really put it on display um, when he walked out. Because clearly he couldn't even handle the slight little criticism that he may be getting from one of his colleagues. And, you know, and couldn't even put himself, even for a second, in the shoes of what, you know, his target must have been feeling when she had the entire press after her for years. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet, you know, he couldn't take it for Mm -hmm. like three minutes. Mm -hmm. So...
0: And especially coming from a colleague of Mm -hmm. his that was... You know sort of try to educating him and i mean because i believe this guy's like himself he's biracial you know what i mean and he was trying to give him like you know sort of you know look this is how you make me feel hearing you going after her day to day and day out and day out and she never answered to you and he couldn't deal with it yeah. he could not deal with it
3: yeah i mean it's just ridiculous and then um You know, what even put in even worse, I mean, if if I could have a worse opinion of him, it'd be shocking. But I mean, this even dug the hole lower is that, um, you know, I think that whole thing was staged anyway, because apparently what was happening, what happened is that, you know, he got in a huff and, you know, close to tears and, you know, ran off the set and then quit or whatever was fire, whatever happened. And then... You know, like the very next day, he happens to be setting up like his own, like, you know, far right show. He already had something else kind of on the, you know, he already had something already set up on the side as if this was, you know. So if you already had something and you know you were walking Mm -hmm. into this new thing and you had it going up, like this doesn't happen in a day because it literally was like the next day. So clearly this must have been planned. I mean, he was he was looking for an exit. He was looking for a reason to kind of get up and leave and then, you know have a lot of press about it. So he could draw as much attention as possible because that's what he likes to do. So, you know, when he did land at his new job that he now had, um, you know, he had all this basic press kind of pushing that way for him as well. And then he had a platform to kind of start off a show with saying that, you know, you can't shut me up, blah, 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 blah. So the whole thing was just very methodical and planned and then pathetic really. But, um, you know, I think that also just goes in line with his character as well. I can't say that I'm surprised about any of it.
0: Well, what you say makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually didn't think about that. I didn't think about that at all, but it is making sense to me right now. Um, for me, I thought that, you know, he was just not ready. I guess he thought that, you know, sort of he could just walk out and he was gonna come back because we wanna understand that he didn't wanna apologize. And so it is possible you're right. It was all sort of, you know, him wanted it to just have this big exit and sort of, you know, have everyone talk about it, especially from to understand that, you know what, when he left that day, they had their biggest rating, you know, beat out BBC. But this is the problem that he's going to have. Because he could have sort of tried to sort of smooth things out, but he still like i don't believe her and to me i am seeing like a hint of like what we've been dealing with with me too movement you know uh times is up and all that because there you go you have a woman that obviously perhaps maybe he was really interested in and that woman sort of basically say no by not answering by not ever calling him back and his ego was hurt mm-hmm. and so he decided you know what for the next four years that he was going to make this woman life miserable and i believe for many women that you know who sort of have been harassed or sort of in it to me it's a sense of harassment you're harassing this woman every day you're sort of abusing her it, to me, is no different than working in an office and you have this sort of somebody, especially somebody like who that was that powerful, had this mega platform and sort of, you know, telling you that, you know what, you got to do A, Y, Z, otherwise, you know, your, your job, you know, you risk of losing your job or whatever. And this is what many women have gone through. I mean, it's a different form of it. Yes, it was not sexual. It wasn't sort of, you know, rape. But at the end of the day, he was trying to gain power and have had power to actually abuse this woman for the last four years. And through all that, this mm-hmm. woman have sort of, you know, I mean, mental health issues. Again, there we go again. Us women not being believed when we say we other been hurt or we are sort of you know being harassed or we are sort of our mental health is not no you crazy you don't know what you're talking we are not being believed and this is what we have been trying to fight for the last maybe two years now with me too movement and all that so what are your thoughts ta- as a woman because obviously it's good to have a woman here um so we can talk this issue how did you see it
1: mm-hmm.
4: well i think To your point, everything that Pierce Morgan does is about Pierce Morgan. So everything's calculated. Everything has to be about him first and whatever power he feels like he can pull from that. And I think that finally we're starting to turn the corner. I mean, even with Governor Cuomo now, like. People are still going to be pushing and still going to be denying, but the voices are louder finally, and it's not taking as long for people to actually believe someone when they're saying it, and to you know ignore all of the red flags that may go up about the accuser uh, or the accused. Excuse me, and thinking about Pierce Morgan. you know woe is me after all of this like it's time that we are heard and, and the you know the, the fight is coming we're not just going to be quiet because there' the support is there now and it's out right. and right just like everything else it's it's not just something that you read in the newspaper you can see it live and in person on the video and that it's so much more impactful Um, and and I don't know how long it will take for the change to be ultimate but it's coming and that makes me excited that finally it's not the, the people are becoming tone deaf to the it's her fault, which is right. great, but we're not right. there yet. But it's we're turning in the right
0: direction. I think for me, is sort of um, especially when it comes to the mental health issue for me, this is like sort of is really personal. In the last episode that I have, uh, you know, sort of I talk about my own mental health issue and um the stigma with that and sort of you don't often want to talk about it and sometimes you find yourself in that dark place and you don't know how to talk about it you don't know how even to ask for help sometimes and to me when you running around say you don't believe her is it believe would it mean that you know what she would have to kill herself and then that's when you would have believed it how would you believe her what would she could have possibly done or say that would make you believe her unless she did actually take her life? So to me, it is that, you know, to say to someone who has mental health, who suffer and who comes to the dark place of wanting to take their lives and to say something to the effect that you don't believe her, that kills me. Because how many people who are listening to him, who looking at Meghan Markle and said, if they don't believe her with all her resources, with everything she has available to her, Mm -hmm. what about me? Mm -hmm. What about me? How do you sort of, you know, you know, go out and ask for help? If you feel like the resources that you may have going to look at you, and say, you know what, you're just crazy, or you just maybe need a good night's sleep. Or say that you do have these issues, and then someone turn around and say they don't believe you. And for me, as I said again, who have suffered with mental health, and I had to suck out treatment for a very long time. And thank God that, you know what, I, I, I feel like I am on the other side. But when I looked at people like the great Alexander McQueen, the Kate Spade, the, uh, you know, um, Caroline Flatt, all these wonderful, great people, like, in, I mean, they had the biggest career. And, you know, from the outside world, it's like they have everything. These are people that have been worshipped. These are sort of like, you know, my idols, which is Alexander Monqueen, a man that, you know, I literally worship. I mean, young and have everything going on. And yes, took his life. And I wonder sometimes, what if he had asked for help and no one listened? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Caroline, who also was dealing with a lot of press, the British press, in fact, the day this woman took her life, I believe the son or the, the male online was about to print some story about her which is the same thing i believe they did with diana and they had to pull out the the um you know the article
1: mm-hmm.
0: right mm-hmm. i mean seriously
2: well i think that's why it's so important what harry and megan have done um and, and continue to do and just specifically the interview to really take a stand and demand to be heard and, and demand to be taken seriously and to do it in the, in the roles that they are in because they are, um, not just anyone, you know, they're at the top of a institution, at the top of one of the major countries, uh, in the world. <clears throat> and so for them to do it in that, um, stage in that, in that arena, um, Kind of the cascading effects that it has for everyone else in the world. Um, this is something you had said a couple shows ago. Is that at the end of the day, it's not really. A, I mean, it is about Meghan and Harry, but it's also just Absolutely. so much more um, than Megan and Harry. It really affects everyone, and that's. I think one of the things I get a little bit frustrated at when I look at, I, and I sort of understand it, but I think it's maybe if if um, some Americans took a little bit more time to think about it. So many people are like. royals i don't care (laughs) what what does that matter to me Uh, but i think if if there was a half second of thought of like what does it really mean what does that symbolic uh power what does that representation mean um and to just pause for a minute and and step back and think about that you'd realize that really is it really is hugely important in terms of what they're doing and, and how it is ultimately addressed
0: yeah one of the thing also too i'm really really mad about the fact even with everything that's going on as the queen talk about that you know what this is a family thing when you hear this woman let's just say you didn't know let's just say whatever and then people are saying that you know we shouldn't believe her to me there should have been like a bigger statement that would address that especially when they had a whole campaign thing going about you know mental health i am you know i mean i'm gonna play something to you it's by don wudon that who has a you know a show again I, he's from the sun and he's very often you know that's where you hear the lick coming from I believe you know even when harry was getting ready to um to make his announcement one of the reasons why he made that announcement you know the way he did it was because that it was like you know in the sun i believe and so they could say all they want that you know what they don't have anything to do with the leaking now this guy please listen to him we're gonna play it just listen
3: So unlike Meghan, because she swears that she actually doesn't even read her own press, my royal sources tell me that Harry reads everything and he often stews over the most minor of slights. So he'll sit in that publicly funded mansion, because remember, it's not a cottage. It's a £2.4 million mansion refurbished by us on taxpayers' money. And he'll watch the TV coverage and he'll flick through the newspapers and look at all of those articles online about him while cursing his staff. And obviously, it's so much easier for them to blame anything uncomfortable on racism, rather than actually address the fact that much of the negativity towards the couple is coming from within the royal family. The royal family and staff of the royal family are the ones that are very often leaking these stories to the press.
0: So, there we go. So, if this man is Cindy or the one that was leaking, So I wonder, do you think that is the reason why maybe perhaps they are scared to come out to actually defend this woman? What do you guys talk?
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said before, I mean, Megan has the receipts. (laughs) So I think that uh, at the end of the day, I don't think it would be too difficult to probably prove that would be the case, right? Um, Clearly they're getting these stories someplace, um, they're not just kind of materialized and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to realize that uh, you know they're being fed from the palace itself so it just makes the whole thing even murky like more murky and disgusting and, and pathetic really because at the end of the day if you realize it's one thing for them not to do anything to help her it's another thing, or Harry for that matter as well but it's entirely a different thing for them to actually be perpetuating the 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 damage themselves if they're the ones who are actually you know causing and being the root cause of the abuse then all of a sudden it's it's much more than you know them just being you know taking a lax attitude or them just being very royal and trying to be above everything um at that point i mean it's clearly personal and then it just begs to you know understand why and there's really only one outcome as to you know why would they want to treat Megan specifically but Megan and Harry as a unit why would they want to treat them differently and I mean I think you can really only draw one conclusion from it
0: right well you know so actually sort of spacing I, I, I want to talk to um, Catherine now because again that really hurt me I mean you could imagine if you see like I said your are mother of two and um, talk about a little bit when you were pregnant, your first, you know, um, child, you know, during that time, I'm sure many women, say I'm not a mother yet, and they talk about their hormones and everything that they go through to actually sort of get into a place where you want to harm yourself and your unborn child is there mm-hmm. any way you can speak you know on sort of what are the feelings what where 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 are you like when you were five six seven eight months and going through maybe maybe perhaps your own issues how does the hormone everything that you know a woman go through when you're pregnant how does that manifest itself and if you're looking at what megan had to deal with and that at that time could you tell, you know, the, the the folks that is going to listen to this, like a, a, a pregnant woman perspective? If that makes yeah, sense.
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's especially given that it's her first child when everything was happening. It, it, with it, so much being brand new and so much being unknown and so many fears that come up on a daily basis of, Am I healthy? Is my baby healthy? Am I going to be a good mother? Is pregnancy going to be good? There's so much in your head. Anyway, when you have the support system around you, I couldn't imagine dealing with what she was dealing with at the same time. And, you know, it makes you think about, well, what kind of family is this? Of course, they're not your average family. but. How detached are they from each other, really? Just to think about how, you know, only a few years ago, Harry and Will had their special on television talking about mental health then, and he supposedly is this champion of it. And that all is, it's just, it's meaningless now coming from him if this is how he'll respond mm-hmm. when it's his own brother. And I just, I don't see how a mom could do that.
0: Right. And that's for ex-
4: Or a grandma could Absolutely. do that. And that's exactly. Or a, a brother who has been through the worst with you and has lost your mom for the exact same reasons that she is now being tortured by, and you stand by and allow it, or maybe even contribute to it, is just appalling and unfathomable.
0: And that's the reason why I think there's no way they're going to have to deal as a family. They're going to have to bring this out. They're going to have to talk about it. Because I think it's very important. Because otherwise, people is going to be like, wait a minute, you know, there's going to be too many, too much, too many questions. There's going to be too much questions around, especially when it comes to the mental health issues. I mean, the race thing is huge, but the mental health. When you guys talk about mental health all the time, you're supposed to be like you said, champion of mental health. I think they're going to have to do something say something have a conversation open up. I, I don't know how they're gonna do it but there's something need to be done mm-hmm. right so okay um before I close the show I would like to talk about oh my god Miss has has born whatever her name is Sharon has born what did you guys think about her rant defending peers
2: well I didn't didn't see the initial rant I just kind of saw the the subsequent conversation and her trying to defend herself and I was just kind of uh, not not necessarily surprising but it was a bit taken aback at how angry (laughs) she was um how seemingly unable to empathize or broaden her perspective at all i mean i can i can i can somewhat understand it because i've been there like as what does it mean to be a white person and to be to feel like you're being accused of being a racist you can it can definitely you can get kind of uh, a bit blinded you can get very emotional but i think that's what most white people don't realize is that there's so much more to racism than those kind of more overt actions and there is a lot of uh even if you're people are actively saying i'm not saying you're racist you individually but speaking about the system or how things just kind of happen naturally or what is it even just like to be uh, a person of color living in the world today um i think that's where white people need to do a lot better in terms of just being able to take a step back and not be so personally offended and just be able to think for a minute about how it's not you actually have had all of the privilege to take a Mm -hmm. step back check your check your own ego and just listen for a minute to how someone else is saying they might feel or how you might have missed something. May maybe there's something you don't know. Um, I think she just put on a, a perfect display of what most white people do, is just, like, not be able to take yeah, a step back at all. Yeah, because
0: that's what the privilege is, is that you've been in, you don't have to deal with that. So what are your thoughts, um, Charles?
3: Well, for me, I think what... Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing that I think about uh, how she behaved is... First, I think that people get conflated between being a racist and doing something that's racist. Just because you happen to do something that's racist by accident or whatever else, I don't think that we can label you for a racist for eternity. You know, I think that you may have made a mistake that you have a very particular point of view or perspective and it's limited and you don't see and understand how you may offend someone else. And you make a mistake. I think people can do that. I think what separates you from, be, from doing something that's racist, from being a racist, is owning up to it and understanding that, you know what, this is something that clearly I didn't understand the repercussions of it. And I'm going to grow as a person. I think that's the distinction. And I think what sharon did is not that i think she just shut it down completely was not interested at all about trying to grow or understand kind of the other point of view or how she was offending um an entire race of people and i think that is the epitome of white privilege that it doesn't matter what anyone else outside of her feels about it or thinks about it um and they just have to take it and you know the in the same way that she was mm-hmm. able to, the, the uh the other host you know tell, yeah cheryl when she was telling her not to cry that you know to don't you know don't show me your tears or whatever it is that she said i mean like it's not like she doesn't have the right to be offended about it she doesn't have the right to be to, to have any kind of emotional you know impact over what it is that she feels that she's being said um, you know, I think, that, uh, I think that was horrific, frankly. Um, and I think just emblematic of her character. You know, I, I can understand, um, as George had mentioned, that um, that it can certainly take people back. Like, no one ever wants to think that that's how they are, you know? I mean, I don't think, you know, unless you're truly just off the deep end, I don't think you ever want to just take on to yourself and realize, you know, as a part of your character, that you're, you know, disparaging another you know, another race or that you're racist. I don't think that's what people just naturally think of themselves as being, right? Um, and so when that's confronted and portrayed and, and pointed out to you, then I think that people have a real problem with it and they act, react that way. But, um, but again, without being willing to understand why someone says that, I think that proves the fact that you don't believe that they're worth your time.
2: It's, it's uh, thinking about it more, that, that interaction between the two of them, um, between Osborne and, and Cheryl, feels like a microcosm of race in the world today and racism in the world today. Because on the one hand, you've got the white person, uh, in the, what struck me, in addition her telling her co not to cry, which I agree was horrific, but her basically saying, I think, five times in a row, how can I be racist? How can something that I did be racist? Um, and it's that being so, that being emblematic of the lack of work and effort that a, a lot of white people have, have basically not done to have a reckoning with what is race and what has it been, what does it mean for other people who don't have white privilege. It's that lack of understanding that's been put into it and also the, the inability to really even consider it. Um, <clears throat> so you've got the problem mm-hmm. there represented by, by Osborne, but then at the same time you have the solution... Also represented by Cheryl, who's saying, "Listen, <laughs> you just need to listen. If you can actually just open up and stop for a minute and just think, this like here's the answer. I can explain it to you. I've lived it. You have the the problem captured and, and represented in one person, and you have the answer represented this at the same exact point."
0: What about you, Catherine? What did you think?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think
4: especially. Now, with the conversations going on, not just in America but around the world, for her to respond in the way she did was a not just a complete lack of understanding that it was time for her to shut up and listen, but her the fact that her head is in the sand and that oh, you just protest too much, right? <laughs> um, so. I, I think it's a journey that everyone's on and maybe it, people are at different points of that journey but um it's not about white people it's not about you it, take it away from being about you it's always about you this is not about you this is about Black people and people of color, and what has been happening to them, and you are not the victim here. You never have been. Uh, so please do not tell us you're the victim in this situation. Right.
0: Well, for me, is is that you know, I think, I mean, I love Sharon. I think um, she's an amazing woman. When you hear her story, and sort of in. Um, it's one that you can inspire by. So I was very, very disappointed in her, the way she responding to Cheryl and what she did. And even the fact, her apology, the fact that you know she sort of mentioned how the black community always has been a great support to her and that she was nervous. She was all this different thing that was happening, which I can understand. but. What she did not do in that apology, she never apologized to Cheryl and who happened to be a friend. And furthermore, I can understand that, you know what, you want to support your friend. Obviously, you know, if you have a friend, you know, good, bad, you want to, you know, sort of, you know, support your friend. But the idea is, is that, you know, you cannot do both things. You cannot say, you know what, I'm against what he did. But this is my friend and I like him, I will give him, you know, any sort of kind of support that he needs. But I disagree, Pierce Morgan. And so it's like, you know, hello. She what she was doing in the show is try to call Cheryl out and say, please tell me what she had, what he had ever seen that was racist. And was not willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Because if, and again, there we go again with the, I'm 63 years old. 63, you should know better. I don't think racism is a new thing. And you are on TV constantly having that kind of conversation. You supposedly have black friends. You should know better. And if you have a friend that doesn't know any better, I'd expect you to be a good friend and say, you know what, let me give you a different perspective. I like you, I care about you, but what you said was wrong. That's been a good friend. I mean, do I have it wrong?
2: No, I mean, I think that's the, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, it's the harder thing to do, certainly, the, to confront people with the truth when it's not what they're already, where they already are, but that's what.
0: Okay, well, we are going to come, you know, to the last word. What is your hope, George? Uh,
2: my hope is I think that the the monarchy I think actually takes the opportunity that's been presented to them because I think they have the power to do a lot of good Um, and I think that the opportunity is there for them to do it they just need to step up so I hope they do
0: Charles
3: no I would agree I think that um, it would be an opportunity wasted if they actually didn't confront this issue head on and um, and deal with it in a, in a loving and thoughtful way.
0: Catherine, last word and hope. I think
4: my hope is recognition for them and to Charles' point, whether we hear about it in the public or not, my hope is that they recognize that they need to extend and apologize and realize that a lot of damage has been done, but Megan and Harry seem open and willing to be welcomed back. If that's what they'd like to do. And I, and I think it needs to stop being about the image of the family and being about
0: the family. So my hope is that that will happen. I 100% agree with you. I think it is, I think for me, I think it's a second chance that they have because I believe they had missed a huge opportunity. The fact that you can have 62 countries and this woman who is by ratio that could have done so much for the monarchy, to bring it forward. The fact that, you know, England, is just multicultural, multiracial. And it's sort of like, you know, you finally have like a face that people can relate to. And they did not harvest that. And, you know, I mean, they had a goal in their hand. And I think with everything that happened, it's a chance to sort of walk back and make good and actually figure out how can we bring them back how can we sort of finally listen what did we do wrong I think a lot of people need to be fired like Harry said I think that you know what the monarchy who, the, the courtier you know they they've been giving them really really bad advice and so I think you know they need to sort of you know clean the house and have new blood mm-hmm. And so with that in closing in, I'd like to thank my guests Charles and George again um, joining me tonight and of course Catherine, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation because it's a continu- It's it's again like I said and I think um, everyone in the squad said this is bigger than, than Megan and Harry. It's about all of us and I hope we're able to continue had this conversation and for those of you listeners please subscribe please sort of share it and um let's be a part of this wonderful journey that you know we're on we need all the support we can have good night